Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast. This week I'm joined again by Charlotte Dunker. Hello, my voice has returned this week. <laughs> it's another comeback for Kieran Kelly. Hello, thank you. Uh, obviously, Manchester United lost to Bull in midweek. Uh, it, it wasn't a particularly significant defeat in that, despite all these permutations, which you, Charlotte, had to rinse and check and double check yeah. and triple check. Uh, they still not... might have got one wrong. Yes. They're, they're... Oh, I, don't, I don't know about <laughs> that. I think it was pretty far up. They're, they are going to go through. Um, so it didn't, it didn't feel like a terrible defeat at the time um, but what was terrible uh, or who were terrible were fullbacks. Yeah. Um Matteo Darmian and Daily Blind there was that great clip of Darmian putting a delivering a great an awful in, an, cross, in an awful way an awful, yeah <laughs> a, an awful cross in and then Daily Blind comes at the far post and he puts a cross in that goes out uh, of play for a goal kick um, in terms of fullbacks there Kieran you've, you've done a piece on them are they going to need a kind of City-style overhaul there, where, whereby obviously City got rid of four in the summer or four left, and the full-backs have come in there, and even legislating for Mendy's uh, injury, it seems to have completely transformed their attack. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I think um, I looked at a kind of like a football manager-style thing where they literally in one window swapped out all their full-backs. It was a bit drastic, but um, you have to say it's paid off, even though they're playing Fabian Delph left-back, who has been one of the best left-backs of the season, ironically. Um, with United, um, you're kind of feeling that, particularly with Shaw, inevitably going, it seems now, that they will have to get at least two full-backs in. Um, and that's without even addressing the fact that Valencia and Young now are, are, so, are getting on, despite being so brilliant and being at the heart of all their creative and attack and play this season and being so solid defensively. You're thinking, well, um, in the long run, say Danny Rose might not be enough um, but the trick is United traditionally wouldn't spend that much in, in one window let alone on defenders yeah. so they're really going to have to go big this summer when you think that they're probably going to go for a marquee forward as well so um, I think it'll be a, a good test of Mourinho's footing when you think of the the Fellaini saga that's rolling on obviously one of his favourite players um, those tensions over Perisic, over money, over contracts. Um, could this be another thing that rears its head? The fact that he'll want, you know, maybe three or four players worth up to two hundred million. Because in some ways, you've got you've got to argue that those wing back positions are just as important as getting another creative mm. midfielder. Because yeah. obviously, when Pogba was out and everyone was saying, "Oh, no one's creating any chances," if you've got two creative wing backs getting crosses in yeah. then at least that's going to alleviate some of the problems yeah. when Pogba came off on Wednesday was it yes. yeah Wednesday and then you've got two players playing at the back that can't seem to cross a ball in very well that's where you've got a lot of problems because there's nobody but create opportunities in other ways so yeah. like everyone's saying oh we need a backup for Pogba but also like you say they're going to have to spend big at the back as well but is the 
the budget going to allow? Where would you prioritise out of those? It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the irony, as you say, with the, the crossing is that United have actually scored quite a lot of goals from, from crosses this season. Um, and Darmian actually, Venice to him, put a decent one in for Ibrahimovic towards the end of the game, which he, he probably could have done better with. Uh, I think Woodward said in February that there wouldn't be as much churn under Mourinho after what happened with Van Gaal, where he just he, he, was, he was utterly ruthless, really. But you look at the four left backs, um, Darmian is just going to be a squad player at best, you'd think. You'd probably say the same with David Blind, who's played his best football under Mourinho at centre back. Luke Shaw is the only specialist there, but he doesn't get a look in. Yeah. Ashley Young is the auxiliary option, um, but. I mean, United will extend his contract there, but he's not going to be a long-term solution for he's it. He's 31 now, isn't he? I think he's 32, 32 31, yeah. 32. Um, but in terms of, of that quartet, who would you sell? Who would you sell and who do you think will go next year? I think Shaw is going to leave, yeah. but I would not he wouldn't be my choice, Steve. No, that's not surprising. I would sell Darmian because I think that, like you say, Daly Blinn's best football has been played in the centre. He's a useful squad player. If you got in a bit of a crisis in the middle at the back, he could step in better than, I think, than Darmian could in that position. But then Darmian's... I know he's been playing on the left, but he can also play on the right. But no, I'm, I'd stick with Darmian. Who would you sell? I, I'd agree with Darmian. I, 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 and, and also I agree. I think Shaw's, uh, Shaw is the one who's going to go. What must... Uh, particularly galling for him it's almost as if there's a monthly Nunadir for sure is mm. that he was in the match they squad against Newcastle on Saturday uh, and Darmian and Blind aren't mm. then Darmian and Blind come back into the squad against Baal and they start and he's still on the bench I mean I saw Phil Neville say he's not really grabbing his opportunity Luke Shaw but he's not even getting any yeah yeah. I mean you're, you're looking ahead now and probably the only potential game is maybe that Bristol City one and then even then he didn't start either of the Carabao mm-hmm. Cup games against arguably similar opposition in Burton and Swansea in terms of, you know, you can risk uh, rotating a bit. So um, I think for me personally, it's just whether he goes in January or the summer, I think it's gotten to that stage um, that even when he's in and around the squad, whether it be luck or fate, it's just not falling for him. Um, and indeed, when he, when he does play, he's having... He's, as I said before, he's almost second-guessing himself. You know, you, you kind of forget Shaw was this, you know, uh, swashbuckling, really enterprising, one of the most exciting full-backs in the world. And you look at him playing now, he's, he almost feels similar to Lindelof, where they have something at the back of their head. I, I can't mess up. Yeah. It's my big chance. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's almost sad to see. Uh, but do you, I think it would be surprising if when he does go and he starts playing for whoever he goes to play for and he'll be unbelievable and, yeah. and then everyone will be like oh why didn't Mourinho give yeah, him a chance yeah. but something's just it's not working for him that's is the it? thing it's, it's not the first time you think of guys like De Bruyne and uh, God knows who else Salah they, yeah Salah you know they, they've been reborn when they've left Mourinho whatever about the players who've kind of owed their careers to Mourinho there's been loads uh, particularly young players who have come come again uh, and Shaw is still so young that even after that injury he's he's shown such resilience and um, I don't think I think he still has a career at the top for sure it just doesn't seem to be at United the strange thing is is that with Shaw a lot of people at United speak very positively about Seal and say he's working hard and all these you know very these platitudes that don't really mean a lot but they clearly want him to do well but the guy who matters most 
doesn't give him a look in. Um, I mean, Kieran touched upon it there, Charlotte, that maybe he should go in January. Um, United haven't extended his contract yet. They've got that option of an additional year. Is that the time to get rid of him, or do they just... Do they need to keep him just as an extra body at the moment? I don't think they need to keep him as an extra body because he isn't getting used at all, is he? It's only in drastic situations where he's even making the bench. He's regular. You can guess he's going to be the one that's... If he's in a match day squad, like travelling squad, he's going to be the one that's going to be left out. So if if a good enough offer comes in, I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't cash in in January for him. The the other interesting thing Mourinho said... um, in, in the open section of his press conference was, was about the attacking intent of United and that Valencia and Young you know, he said people know they're not even fullbacks. Looking ahead to next year, Tony Means coach he said about Valencia's age as well and there are issues with his fatigue, he's not really playing many midweek matches. Do you think they need a, a fullback on both sides or do you think that there are replacements from within a lot of fans like Fosu Mensa and Tunzibi but do they need a specialist right back as well? I'd say left back's probably going to be more of a priority and if he's you saying he needs special yeah probably in the future he is going to need another specialist right back but maybe you could go another season I'd say definitely Valencia's definitely got another season and it's not like a, a crisis point is it whereas left back if Ashley Young hadn't stepped up to the plate this season, they'd they, had a problem. They would, yeah. and every game it would have been like, oh, who's going to start? Rather than he needs like a solid, like years ago when you, the team would pick itself, wouldn't it? And you'd know who, like Everett, every single game he was he was going to start the game there, and they'd not had that for a long time. So I think left back is probably a priority over right back for now. What do well, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think. Um, as well with the the right back situation, it wouldn't surprise me if a complete left field figure came in as a target because uh, with left Thank back, you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Speak I, I'm genuinely no. interested in it. Yeah, because I think when you think of left back, it just seems inevitable that it's going to be Danny Rose. Yes, yeah. you know that's that's been going on for ages, and I think. It suits all parties, but we'll you could create your own transfer gossip here. Yeah, David Express, a, please throw, me. Throw a name in. <laughs> <laughs> um, with with right back, yeah, I, I'm sure they they've got names in mind. I think Valencia for sure can certainly be the starting right back for for next season. But I think you're going to look at a younger alternative eventually, and the sooner you bed them in and ease them in, uh, the better. Because I think it's similar um, with someone like Tierney at Celtic. Um, in some ways he'd be brilliant because he's got the right age and that but you're you're thinking you probably need someone uh, natural in that position to, to hit the ground running so I think if they could get someone along that age bracket for the right hand side mm-hmm. and have Valencia bring him through uh, whether he speaks English or not that'd be great I mean as I said like with Tunzibi and Face Mensa again they're mm-hmm. not right back specialists no. either there so it, it is I mean there have been names like Thomas Mounier but that's I think pretty much because he likes playing as United on FIFA yeah. or something like that um, good enough reason to be yeah, yeah. I know I know I know uh, on the the Baal defeat United were pretty good without scoring in the first half the second half they tailed off before Pogba went off I'd say but Drastically after he went off, which you know they, they do seem quite dependent on him. But do you think? I mean, Mourinho didn't really address it in his press comments. Did you think the changes? I mean, particularly the Marshall change as well. Did that just seem to hand the initiative to Bar? Yeah, I think United just 
dropped off. It's like, I don't know, it didn't look like they couldn't be bothered, but there was just no chances created again. And it was just all very slow. And it was like, oh, we're happy to knock the ball around and we're happy to sit here and get this nil-nil draw because then we're going to go through. And then it was like, oh no, like last minute goal, this didn't go to plan. And I think if, obviously, if that last minute goal hadn't gone in, they would have walked away like, yeah, solid, solid away performance in the Great Champions winners. League. Yeah. Great winners, we've done it. And no one could have really argued with that despite the fact the second half was dreadful to watch but yeah I just think there was no attacking impetus was there definitely in the second, in the second half. half no no did um did Mr and Mrs Dunker catch the goal at the end or have they turned I, over I actually think they probably I'm put I'm a celebrity on <laughs> I'm just speculating here before I get in a lot of trouble at home but um, I actually did say in the second half not just about um, Mr and Mrs Dunker but all other maybe other mm-hmm. United fans might have got very bored with that second half and decided to put Amir Khan's um, Dennis and Dennis Wise on ITV. But well, who knows? Not, not that we're doing that at all. But uh, yeah, we uh, would have if we could. Yes, yeah, <laughs> possibly. Um, the, another conspicuous uh, absence, other than Luke Shaw, who at least made the bench in bowl, uh, was Henrik Mkhitaryan. Oh yeah, some harsh words to say about him in the last few yeah, I know, pods. I know, but you, you, you kind of from the United fan within you got what you want in that he's been dropped the last two games. Uh, I think in, in four of, in two of United's four defeats this season, Mkhitaryan hasn't started. Does that suggest that he's not a problem? I think he deserved to be dropped for the level of his performance because he couldn't carry on playing like that and just keep walking straight back into the starting level. Yeah. Something had to change. He, yeah. he really wasn't good enough. But everyone will be pleased to know I have done a piece saying why Mkhitaryan should start against Brighton, yeah. which given he's had been dropped for the last two games, I just think there's three... It's busy week, isn't it? There's three games coming up yeah. this week. If he's anonymous again against Brighton, it's not going to be a total disaster because United have got enough in the locker to beat Brighton at home, in my opinion, with even with Mkhitaryan going yeah. and on, being anonymous again. Whereas I think away to Watford, would it affect the team more? Probably, and definitely away at the Emirates at the weekend. But if he comes back with a really good performance, I think a part of it's to do with confidence. As soon as he started having a few bad games, it just seemed to... Maybe his confidence dropped and that's not going to help anybody, is it? So if he has a good game against Brighton, maybe gets a couple of assists or a goal or something like that, then plays again against well against Watford, it's re- it really could help for the game against Arsenal next weekend. Yeah. So we- I'd risk and chuck him back in it, yeah. Great. We're, um, we're recording this on Friday for the embargo section. Mkhitaryan has touched upon that as well. Um, a lingering issue with United, Kieran, is the right wing, which... Ironically, is where Mkhitaryan was bought to strengthen. He's not really played there this season. Is is that an area he's now got to kind of like consider? Well, maybe I need to go back there now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's strange with him because um, there were times at the start of the season, obviously, where he was getting good numbers and the stats that caught the eye, where he did go miss in inverted commas and he was quiet. Um, but I think the one of the key things he's able to do more than anyone that's got is come alive with the depth and come alive with um, a pass when a defender is obviously tired. Um, and once that kind of went out of his game, you know, I think it's that CSK game was probably his last really good game. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's way back in September. Once you take that out of his game, you're kind of like, well, a lot of people were saying, oh, what does he actually bring? And um, I think that's what he's got to do as much as anything is it's not so much the assists and goals, it's 
doing what you know potentially at the on the wing what a Mourinho winger does you know the tracking back the boring stuff that I think United fans do appreciate you know um, if if Mkhitaryan is trying to be involved and trying to have an influence that's what they're wanting to see and um, with the the right wing one it's it's an interesting one because obviously Mata is not a traditional one doesn't right. cut to the byline um, he floats in and around similar to Mkhitaryan so might be interesting to see if, if they subtly swap positions um, would that help because obviously Mata made his name originally as a, as a 10 and that's where he loves playing as well um, but you're kind of looking at it out of the wings now you're almost saying well Martial haven't been in and out of the team maybe he's finally got a stranglehold on the other flank and it's actually the right wing now that's become the problem whereas you know not so long ago yeah. people were wondering who should play on the left uh, so it's, it's tricky Could you see I know a lot can happen between now and the end of the season, but come the start of next season, bearing in mind United are looking at Danny Rose to come in to affect their attack. They're still interested in Bale, who operates from the right wing when he does play for Real Madrid. They still have an end of their interest in Griezmann. You know, it seems like they want a few lefties there, but it's Mkhitaryan's going to have to pull them awfully well between now and the end of the season to be a first team the next season, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um... On paper, you would think Martial and Rashford have the best chance of getting into a front line if they are to sign one of those superstars. And um, for me personally, I think the the ten position is is really important. That if they if they got a Griezmann uh, to play off Lukaku, uh, me personally, I'd rather have him than Bale. I think Bale, um, as amazing as he is, you just have those doubts that that could really not go well. Whereas with Griezmann, he's his form apart from the past month or so has been really really impressive for four seasons now Bale you just you've taken that risk and I know it can you work United so. just can't quit him unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean teams have taken risks on you know glassy players before you think of Robin before he went to Bayern Munich I know touched on that before how uh, injury prone he was and he proved a really good signing but I think with Bale I don't think you're going to see that Dynamism that he had at Spurs yeah. when the team was literally built around him. Um, it's almost as if like Real Madrid are thinking there's this guy on a long contract who we spend a lot of money on, who's on a big wage, who doesn't get in our team, mm-hmm. which suckers, who's also got a poor injury record, which yeah. suckers will sign him. Well, United will probably be interested. Is it almost as much kind of a reputational thing that United should yeah, back off away from that as much? Of, of a fo- for footballing reasons, yeah. To sign him. Yeah, I think it, it'd be a really interesting to see in the summer because um, you think in the past how maybe they've been guilty of going for kind of galactical like players and they've just gone past their peaks. So something like Falcao or um, you know mm-hmm. even Di Maria arguably was had his best days before he went to United. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think with Bale that is a danger. Obviously. Um, Know, it'd be a, another state of intent but for me personally again I think I put Griezmann in that kind of Pogba category where he's actually coveted by every club in the world and it'd be an actual coup because you think of PSG if they got him they'd have uh, Mbappe, Neymar, Griezmann if Barcelona again they'd have Suarez, Messi and Griezmann yeah. Do you not think that's why I'd go to like, somewhere like PSG like, <laughs> you've just reeled off I know world class names. I was going to finish and <laughs> Sorry if, if United get Griezmann United have um, Griezmann, Lukaku, and Martial. Who, you know, maybe not in the Messi category, but it would it would be like a, a real statement to think. Oh, we've got arguably 
one of Europe's best front lines officially now, rather than thinking, oh, do we play him right, him left, or him mm. centre? It's like, you know, it's nailed on because that's going to be the key in the Champions League already. You're seeing PSG blowing teams away, um, and that will probably continue. And for all the money Nice have spent, they've not actually paid top dollar for a proven world class attacker, mm. which is likely to be uh, an issue still. On a potential uh, United attacker in, in, in the future, uh, Andres Pereira playing depending on when you listen to this he'd have played against Barcelona for Valencia or, sent off. or yeah yeah we, we don't know what his uh, fortunes are be more positive, positive. I know we keep, people fans keep them telling us to be positive but they they you know they get uh, negativity and reality confused quite often but um he has been doing quite well Charlotte um in, in Spain as he did last season yes which makes um I think from United's perspective, his obviously Mourinho didn't want him to go, did he? No. And the injury situation, obviously, when Pogba was out, made his uh, Pereira's decision look, decision a, bit... look a bit silly, yeah. really, because he would have got games. And if he'd impressed in them games, obviously, when United weren't impressing and weren't creating anything, if he could have filled some of the void that Pogba had left, mm. that would have proved even more to Mourinho why he should be in the shout with with starting like along. Obviously, you're not gonna, it's not gonna get Matic out of the team but you know what I mean he's going to be up there with Pogba all the time so it's good to see for him to see that he is doing well in Spain but it still seems a bit of a ridiculous decision from him bear in mind the injury crisis that United have had to even go there in the first place but I think you know a little more about how he's been doing <laughs> over there Kieran Pass it on um, <laughs> Yeah I, I see a point I think if he had gone on loan to say Newcastle under Benitez or something like that um Maybe it would have made more sense um, because I think some people would say, "Well, what's not proven in the league?" When yeah. he was arguably the one good point from Granada last season. Granada, I think uh, they only won like five games all season. They were really poor, so it was easy for him to look good in that team. But um, I think to his credit, you know, Valencia are second in La Liga. They're uh, four points off top spot going into this game, um, and he's been at the heart of. It. He started, you know, sixty percent of their games this season mainly playing on the wing which I think is really interesting going yeah. forward for him because um, he's you know spoken before he's happy to play through the middle but it seems um, that kind of dazzling dribbling style is never going to leave him and you think Mourinho quite purposefully in the two pre-seasons he's played him as like a deep lying player and quite tellingly on loan in Spain he's played as a winger so you're kind of thinking if United really want to have a uh, an impact on his low move maybe they would have instructed Valencia to play him through the middle no, it's not unheard of for, for teams to have that influence but um, I think he you know has he almost kind of like played his way out of the future you know now because you take into account his debut was in yeah. August 2014 so that's a long time ago mm-hmm. now he spent two years on loan come, like, if we're looking ahead to next summer when he'll be probably on the pre-season tour with United when they'll have depleted squad because of the World Cup yeah. so he's at an advantage there but he'll have played in the league for two years um, United's going to sign more players the competition's going to intensify is it almost as if he's kind of playing for a move to Spain rather than a future at United now yeah um, I thought I remember reading someone um, I compared him and Soler who obviously plays for Valencia as well and that you know, United could save themselves £40 million pounds by just recalling Pereira. I don't know if it's as simple as that, really. Um, I think 
you're looking at the positions that'll be up for grabs. So potentially Michael Carrick, you would think, um, may go or retire at the end of the season. Then if you're looking at the wings, you know, um, could there be some movement there, whether it be Lingard or whoever. Fellaini could leave as well. Fellaini. So you're kind of thinking, uh, the way I'd look at it would be um, he's relying on departures at the moment. And even then, that's before who they could bring in. Yeah, because if they sign like a world-class yeah. winger, yeah. then he all he is going to be is a squad player. Well, and it, and if yeah. he he's not happy with that then and he sees his future in the league and he's playing week in yeah. week out then yeah. you can't you can't really argue with why he'd, no. why he'd want to stay over there and really you, and you think how much the club already values Scott McTominay who's um, done done nothing wrong and his improvement month by month has been, been pretty dramatic um, obviously Pereira you know a more naturally skillful player but uh, in terms of attitude McTominay has been you know one of the great academy hopes so he's got that to contend with and um, yeah, you throw in a couple of sign-ins in those positions, and you're just scratching your head a bit because he's not 16. He's you know he's coming up for 22, and um, he's really ambitious. It, it may be one of those where, like with Pogba, he'll he'll have to go and uh, potentially come back in a few years. It, it might be one of those. He's, is there, it's not quite. A- Pogba-style situation, would you say? I mean, in terms of the, the talent... Yeah, the talent. He's not on the same level, is he? No. But, but I get, yeah, I get the yeah. situation. So Absolutely. There, yeah. there obviously are some comparisons Parallels. in that he could like come back, but I, th- I think, yeah, his future is probably going to be in La Liga, but he's m- made that future decision himself mm. and by demanding to go out on loan at the start of this season. If he really wanted to prove his, himself then should have stayed and fought, tried to fight for his place because at least then he tried. You could understand, like, then a year later if he's thought, yeah, well, I've had yeah. no game time, Mourinho doesn't trust in me, what's the point of sticking around here? I'm off, send me out on loan or sell me or whatever. Yeah. But he came back after that impressive loan spell at Granada. Mourinho was willing to give him a chance and he was like, no, I don't think you're going to give me big enough of a chance to send me out. And so I think that's probably, as long as Mourinho's there, I think that's probably yeah. going to be it. Yeah. It was telling you he was the only lone player coming back. You think it's like Guillermo Correa who <laughs> was cast aside uh, unmercilessly. Um, he was the only one really to be given a shot when he came back, and I thought that was telling. And you know, Mourinho spoke of him potentially being a United great, but I think it's 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 all in his court. That was. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, Mourinho, I think he interacted him with Dimitri Mitchell, who last I saw on Instagram was not making people in the street, which is. Not, not the kind of comparison prayer would probably uh, want to be bracketed with, but he, he's certainly a talent above um, some of the other United youngsters there. Um, again, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it could be after United have lost against Brighton and Watford. It could be after United have beaten Brighton and Watford. Um, but I suppose the relevant question, Charlotte, would be do United need to win these next three uh, Premier League matches to have any chance of winning the league yeah. and I know that sounds soon but of course we're building up to that derby on the 10th of December I think yes because I can't the way City are playing I can't see them slipping up the City-Leicester game I, there was a moment and I thought oh is this is this going to be it when City actually don't win and then United can capitalise on these drop points and then you're like, no, then, it's not. Yeah, that tapping And then here he comes, yeah, up, yeah, great team goal. <laughs> and then De Bruyne again and you're like, great, no, comfortable win where you, th- where you thought they might have gone and dropped points. So because I can't see City dropping any points, United have to win every single game. You can't game. see them dropping 
any, any well, I can, but because I, if you're being hopeful for the derby, you'd at least hope United could maybe get a draw out of it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do think they'll drop points. But my point is, if United are going to leapfrog them, given that City are already yeah. eight points ahead, to keep even keep up the pressure on them, United have got to win every single game. Does it say a lot about the? Maybe chasm or golf are two strong words, but certainly the gap between City and United that City went to Watford and batted them six nil. United going there next week, you're not you're not certain that they're gonna even win that game. Yeah, you'd think maybe like a edgy two one victory yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're lucky. Um yeah, I think well City have been demolishing teams this season and United I know it's all the comparisons. You know, at Cantona's been at, hasn't he? Because he's got his book out, so he's talking to everybody. Everybody. And everybody. Everybody apart from the uh, written press, of course. Yeah, everyone who's got a video camera. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously come out and said he loves Jose, but he loves the way City are playing. And I, don't, I just think that the other Premier League teams can't cope with that full-on attacking play. They're just... Now, I'm not saying they're standing off and City aren't very good. City are playing very well, but the way they're playing and demolishing all these teams, it's just not something United are capable of at the minute. Even when United are winning like 4-0 at the start of the season, their performances then, compared to how City are playing, there's no comparison in the way in the way that they're playing. Like Yes, they were convin- convincing victories from United, but they weren't. it still wasn't like demolishing the teams in the way that City are doing. So I, I do think there is a big gulf there. Do, am I convinced that United can't catch City up? No, I'm not, because I don't think City will go the whole season unbeaten, but it's just waiting for that moment where you think the wheels are going to come off and at the moment they're not. Is it a bit of a reputational thing as well? I mean, City are brilliant, but they're, they're playing Huddersfield um, on Saturday and Huddersfield obviously beat United, yeah. deservedly so. But I would be surprised if Huddersfield managed to match that performance level against City because they were let's let's face it they are a smaller club United have that massive reputation when they come to town you want to put on a show for your fans Yeah. so if they benefit from that City maybe a little bit but City are very very, literally have been very impressive this season but that's been the case for years at Old Trafford isn't it like these teams come and they're going to get relegated and they literally play the game of their life yeah. like the goalkeepers especially they <laughs> Richard, come, Richard Dunn come and, yeah, and like play out of their skin and you're like where has that come from like if they played like that week in week out you wouldn't be getting relegated Darren but Riddle. yeah they just yes. they come there and they like fully up their game but maybe if City walk away with it this season that'll be next season that they'll be suffering from that as well because they'll be the team to beat yeah the, the, the one who uh, really does irk me is that Stoke striker, is it Chupo Moten, who scored twice. <laughs> I don't think he's scored since against um, against anyone since those two goals against United. Uh, we will leave it there for this week. Uh, thank you very much to Charlotte and to Kieran. Uh, thank you also for listening. Uh, our podcasts are available to subscribe from on Audio Boom or iTunes. And if you could uh, please give us a review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated since that apparently boosts our ranking on the podcasts. Thank you very much for listening.